9, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it, upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for just the many different praises that have happened this day, the gifts that you've given us through one another, the gifts that you've given us from yourself. I pray this morning that you would help us to focus on the main gift, the number one gift of Christmas. Lord, help me to speak your words, but I pray that you go beyond anything I say and that you would break through. Break through our heads all the way to our hearts this morning. And that you would open up a whole new way of celebrating Christmas to us as we celebrate Christ. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, look here what I found. Another gift. They just keep coming, right? Another gift. In fact, this one is to Tim. Again. Uh, uh, Although it also says, and the whole world. It says to Tim, and the whole world from God. Well, I mean, we want to know kind of what this is. Start to unwrap it. From what here? Oh, oh my. Well, here's another part. I wonder what it is. The gift to me, to everybody. It's exciting. Last week we talked about making sure that you open all the gifts that God has given us. To recognize God has given us so many gifts. But today is really more about making sure that we open the main gift. Uh, We know what this is? Okay, you guys are sharp. (laughs) So, what do you think? I think you'll be able to figure out what the second gift is. Here. It's not really a gift. It's all part of one. It's all one gift here. And that is... Right? Think of baby Jesus. When you think of Christmas... That's the gift that you think of. In fact, that really is what the main number one gift of Christmas is. It's Jesus. As Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 tells us, For unto us a child is born, a son is given. That's the gift of Christmas. John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only son for us unto us a son is given this is all a part of it. this is the gift the child that is born for God so loved us we see it here 
wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. But I don't know if you can see, there's more to unwrap in the present yet. There's still more here that we haven't fully unwrapped. But you know what? Why do that? I already know what the gift is. I don't need to unwrap it anymore. I already know. It's Jesus. Right? That's the gift of Christmas. Why, 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 why should I unwrap and see? Well, there might be more, I suppose, but I, I don't know. Isn't that, is that all it is? Is Christmas is about this baby in a manger? Or is Christmas about so much more than just a baby? In a manger. You see, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 that we read there, it doesn't stop it for to us a son is given, to us a child is born. It goes on beyond that. He's not just a child. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. There is so much more to the Christmas present than just this. More than a manger. Beyond a baby. And we miss out all that Christmas is meant to be so many times because we've heard the Christmas story over and over for all the years that we've been around. We've heard it, we know it, we feel like we've unwrapped it, but we haven't always unwrapped the full meaning of what Christmas is about more than that of who Christmas is about. And therefore, we miss out on celebrating Christmas for all that it's worth. We miss out on celebrating Christmas in the way that it was meant to be celebrated. Christmas is so much more than a manger or a baby. We need to fully unwrap it to fully appreciate what Christmas is about. And so this morning, what we're going to do is unwrap the gift by unwrapping the names of Jesus and looking at these names so that that somehow as we fully unwrap all that Christ is, we might be able to fully celebrate all that Christmas is. Let's begin uh, first by fully unwrapping how Christ has come to be our everlasting Father. The name everlasting Father brings an image, it brought, and I'm sure there's lots of things, but it brought an image to my mind. I'm going to share it with you. (laughs) Some of you are wondering, what goes on in the pastor's mind? How many of you know what that is? Fruitcake, Okay. Okay, exactly. Uh, that's, that, that is a fruitcake. Here's the thing. I like cake. I like fruit. But, ugh. That is neither fruit or cake. So, so why does that image come to my mind when I think about it? First off, it seems to me that fruitcake lives forever. 
Think of the everlasting father. I, in fact, I think, I'm not sure, I have this theory that there were only about 100 fruitcakes ever made and they just keep, keep passing around. Okay? But I think of fruitcake because everlasting. Another reason I think of fruitcake is because, well, let's just admit it, it is different than what we'd expect by the name. If somebody says there's a fruitcake, that is not what you expect. It is, uh, uh, the name doesn't seem to fit. And so too, when we think this morning about everlasting father, we, we just got this problem. It, the name doesn't exactly fit. I'm not sure how it works. And that's why, even though that's a name later on in Isaiah 9, 6, I want to start with this one. When we think of Christ, of Christmas, we think of Christ as the baby. Then how can he be a father if he's a baby? That's not what it's saying here. It's not saying that God the Son is God the Father. That's heresy. That's the heresy of some cults that do not recognize the Trinity because they are two separate persons of the Godhead, the Son and the Father. And yet a name, especially as we think about the names in other cultures, a name does not completely, literally describe a person. The name is not always something that is a complete, specific, literal description. Rather, in many cultures, it is the name represents a general characteristic of that person. Let me just give you an example. When we say George Washington is the father of our country, right? Does that mean he was the dad to every single person that was... But, you know, you're thinking literal, he, he's the father of our country, so that meant he was the dad to everybody who was in the U.S. at that time? No. It is a general characteristic. It's something that's describing. And, and it's a great meaning. And that toward George Washington, but so too when we think about Jesus then as an eternal father or everlasting father. In fact, the name more directly can be translated from the original to mean father of eternity or father of time. In fact, actually, it could be grandfather or ancestral ruler or just think of the expression there as founding father. We don't always think of it the way that that founding father. We don't always think of Jesus that way. And yet, what does Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 tells us? The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. John 1, verse 3, Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. Do you see, as we unwrap this, as you unwrap the Scriptures and unwrap how Jesus is an everlasting Father, in the sense of Father of something, the one who possesses something is often called the father of it. The Christ of Christmas holds eternity in his hands. Revelation 1 verse 8 says, He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is and was and is to come. And so in these words that we read out of Isaiah, who said it's 700 years plus before Jesus was ever born in that manger, so to speak, it's not that hard to imagine because as we unwrap the reality we recognize that he wasn't saying a prophecy 700 years before 
Jesus was born, Jesus has always existed. He was saying the prophecy about that one who was and is and is to come. Everlasting. And it is the one, that one, who through his nail-scarred hands, we are given the gift of everlasting life through Jesus. Who in a sense, therefore, we can call the father of eternity, the one who holds our eternity. And I realize that most people, this is not the gift that's on their wish list. Usually the gifts we think of at Christmas time are those gifts that we want, not necessarily the gifts that we need. But this is the one that we need. Christ is the gift of Christmas that so many do not unwrap far enough to see it as more than just a baby in a manger. but that it is connected to the mansion that we have in glory with Jesus. One of the reasons we do not unwrap this gift is because, at least for some people, they think they already have it. They think they already are going to heaven, or at least they hope so. It's kind of like a Christmas wish. Although God has made it clear, don't wish or hope for heaven in that kind of way. Know it. Know that you have it. Even though they, they think that they have it, they already have this everlasting. They, 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 they already have heaven. Even though they've never received it. Let alone ever unwrapped it. In fact... Many people have never been told, you need to receive this gift of eternal life. Instead, religion has taught them that you just can be good enough. If you're good enough, you can get in. You can get into heaven. You can get into God's family the old-fashioned way. You earn it. Yet, that would require that we would be 100% perfect. And I remember years ago when the light bulb went on for me that being good enough is not good enough. God is very clear that all of us have a failing grade. If we need 100%, we're not going to make it because we don't even have a D. Romans 3.23 says, All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But we read just a few Chapters later in Romans 6, verse 23. That the wages, the penalty of that sin that all of us have is death, eternal death. Not everlasting life with Him, but eternal death. But, it says in Romans 6, that same verse 23, the gift of God, the gift of God is in Christ Jesus The gift of God is that eternal life that is found in Jesus Christ. But it is a gift that must be received and unwrapped. This morning, let me just ask you, if you're here today, do you know there is a point in time where you actually receive that gift? I I know that we can believe it. We can believe in our heads, and that's what I did. I, I, I always thought that I was, had eternal life. I was going to heaven. Because I believed it here. But I never received it here. 
There needs to be that point in time. If that's not something you've done, even today can be the day that you do that, or, or to come and, to, and to give me a call, talk. Let's talk about it, talk with one of the elders. There's so much more to Christmas than just the cradle. For in Christmas is the cross as well. When we fully unwrap all that Christ is, then we can fully celebrate all that Christmas is to be. Move on. Let's fully unwrap how Christ has come to be our wonderful counselor. Wonderful, wonder-filled from His birth to His death to the resurrection to the ascension on high all the way through today. Filled with the wonder of Christmas that goes beyond a baby. He is the wonderful counselor that is needed so much in our day and age today with so many questions and so few answers that people are, are finding. And unfortunately, they're looking and unwrapping the wrong things in their attempt to find answers today. And when they come to the end of the beautiful world's wrapping paper and open it all the way up, they find there's nothing there. It's a bunch of wrapping paper. It looks pretty, but there's nothing in it. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it is death. But the good news is if we would fully unwrap God's Christmas present, really grasp and, and get who the Christ of Christmas is all about, we would find one who can give us wisdom that we're so desperately in need of because He knows all things. He knows the truth because He is the truth. He knows the way because He is the way, as John 14, 6 says. Another way to think of the word counselor is someone who is a, a lawyer, an advocate, one who represents you, who is on your side. For as First Timothy says, he is our mediator. And if he is for us, then who can be against us, Romans 8? Wonderful counselor who can turn our sorrow to joy and speak not only words of wisdom, but speak words of life to walk with us, to enable us, to empower us, to live the life that God has always intended. Let us fully unwrap how Christ as well has come to be our mighty God. In our day and age right now, and it's been going on for a little while, it is uh, uh, almost an obsession with our culture about those who are mighty, like superheroes, right? So many different superheroes. And please, I'm, I'm not speaking against superheroes. I like going to those I like going to those movies and seeing the, the, the fictional story and how it's played out with these make-believe superheroes. But here's the thing. There is only one true, mighty superhero. And that's Jesus. I don't know if you've seen this before. But there he is. You want to know how he saved? That's how he saved the world. That's the real thing. That's the real deal. That is what this is. It's not just this baby in a manger. He is a mighty God. That is who he is. That is who he was. That is who he is at Christmas. That is who he is today. Mighty God. But when we only partially unwrap Christmas, then we just see Jesus as this meek 
and mild, even weak, helpless, little child in a manger. He is not. He is the mighty God. We need to fully unwrap that and see that it is beyond a baby. He is the almighty. Philippians chapter 2, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above all names, above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. He is the mighty God, mighty to save, mighty to deliver us from not just the penalty but the power of sin and not just sin itself but able to deliver us. Let's just keep unwrapping it, keep unwrapping who this mighty God is. He is able to deliver us and save us from Satan in all of his plans. First John 5.18 says that this one who was born of God keeps him safe, keeps us safe, and the evil one cannot harm us. Second Corinthians 4, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed because he is the mighty god and that's how we can say we are more than conquerors at christmas we are more than conquerors because he is the mighty god but that is hard to say if all you see if all you've unwrapped is a child in a manger. The wise men recognized the birth in the manger went beyond just about a baby. They didn't make some long, arduous journey to bring some extravagant gifts to a baby shower. Right? That's not really what they were doing. We saw a couple weeks ago in Matthew chapter 211, what did they come? They came to bow down and to worship. You don't worship a baby. You don't worship even human royalty. You only worship God and God alone. They understood He was God, mighty God, who was born to earth this Christmas morn. He is Emmanuel, that, that mighty God that is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Isaiah talked about that earlier in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Let's make sure we fully unwrap this concept of the mighty God, of who Christ is, even as we talk about uh, Emmanuel. God with us. Oftentimes when we're talking about Emmanuel, we emphasize this with part. And that makes sense at Christmas time because he came to this earth with us. And it's good for us to emphasize that part of Emmanuel, God, with us. That's what it's about. But that's not all it's about. Keep unwrapping it. Because it is God with us. Not just that He's with us, but it is God, the all-powerful, the all-knowing, the creator, sustainer of life, the sovereign over all the universe, is with us. Us. To emphasize that part is let us fully unwrap Christmas gift. 
that is a mighty God. Not a mighty God who is up there in heaven rooting for us, but a mighty God who is right here on earth with us. Right here, right now. Fully celebrating all that Christmas is. There's so much we need, the mighty God in our lives, the greatest, and we think about those presents, the gifts that this mighty God can give us in our situation and our need. But what we need to recognize is greater than any present or gifts, greater than any presence is His presence, His person, who He is with us. Um, think about it this way. I have some specialized projects at our house on the big list that our real estate agent gave us to do. And and by the way, you, you may learn eventually that I am much like Tim the tool man. Which means I am nowhere like Al, if you guys know what I'm talking about. So I don't have a clue. But anyway, there was a project where these doors needed to be glued. And I, I didn't have, I mean, I had the glue. <laughs> okay, I had the glue. But I needed some uh, uh, clamps. Uh, and the clamps that would work for this to be able to put on this to hold it together. Well, fortunately, there was somebody from this church who had those clamps and was willing to let me have them. That was a help. That was a huge help that I could use those clamps. In fact, I think they're still drying the, the piece of uh, the, all, all the things that we're using it for. But you know what? Even though that was a great gift, I mean, I'm going to return it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> even though that was a great gift from the to get these clamps, what was even greater was not the present, so to speak, of letting me use that, but the presence of the person to come with the clamps and help me to do it and work through it. It made a lot of difference. It's one thing to get the present, to have that thing that I needed, but it is a whole other thing when the person who knows how to use it and knows what they're doing comes. Are you with me? Do you understand when we're talking about God with us then? It's not just He is a mighty God up there. He's a mighty God right here. And we need to make sure that as we think about Christmas, it's okay to think about Jesus, the baby in the manger. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying in any of the stuff, because if He didn't come in this way, then there would be no... If this Christmas didn't happen this way, there would be no Easter. There would be no beyond that even. But it's more than that. It's more than a manger. We think about the mighty God who is God with us. And in those moments where, where you're looking for God to somehow bring that present that can help you in that time of trouble, that gift you need in your time of trouble, and it doesn't seem to be happening, unwrap this fact. Unwrap the fact that you have something greater than the present that you have not received yet. You have the presence of God, not just with you, but where? In you. We were never promised that we wouldn't have trouble. In fact, just the opposite in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Too often we are looking for a mighty God to just wave His hand and take it all away. To just wave His hand and give us exactly what we need. And while He can do that and He may do that, 
we need to recognize when that does not happen, there should not be a question of God, where are you? The mighty God is with you. That's his promise right there with you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Isaiah 43. Keep unwrapping it. Keep unwrapping all that this mighty God is. All that what Christmas is about. Because as we talk about it, it's not that God is near us. It's not that He is around us. It is not that this mighty God is beside us. He is in us if we are Christians here today through God the Holy Spirit. Just unwrap that. I mean, really unwrap how awesome it is that the mighty God of the universe dwells in me. The mighty God of the universe dwells in you. If you are a Christian here today, if you know Him as your Savior, and yet some would be like, well, I'm not sure I'm experiencing that. I hear what you're saying. I don't know I'm experiencing it. And there may be many reasons, but one of the things I would say is, can you hear a knock on the door outside of your life, coming from outside your life? Perhaps that's why you're not experiencing the power and presence of a mighty God For Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he says that to the church. Let's fully unwrap how Christ has become our mighty God. But let's also fully unwrap how Christ has come to be our Prince of Peace. We often portray Christmas as a time of peace, full of uh, of love. And, you know, it just is a it's just thinks of that peaceful time. The reality is, though, it's, it's temporary. It's seasonal. It doesn't last. But it doesn't have to be that way. If we fully unwrap the gift of who Jesus is, that peace never has to leave us. Because He never leaves us. He who is the Prince of Peace, who can calm our fears and take our anxiety to peace, We see in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, the angels announced what was taking place in this manger. They said it was the coming of peace. We read here in Isaiah 9 that it, it is not just peace, but the Prince of Peace who came at Christmas. And, and more than that, and again, see beyond, unwrap it more. It's not just a picture of a baby that seems so peaceful and quiet. This is a Prince of Peace who will not just keep the peace, command the peace, restore the peace, make peace between us and God. That's what he did, making peace through his blood shed on the cross, as Colossians 1 tells us, to bring us peace. Jesus had to go through the torture of hell as he paid the full penalty for all our sins, as Isaiah 53 tells us. We often think of Jesus as the one who can bring peace to our lives in so many different ways, but we will never have this peace from God unless you first experience peace with God. Remember the angel said in Luke chapter 2.14 about this peace and peace on earth, right? He said, make the announcement and, and then there will be peace on earth. And when you read 
that verse or see that verse, especially out in the world, and they use it at Christmas time, they stop the verse there. But it didn't stop there. Because there's a condition to that peace on earth of Christmas. It is peace on earth among men with whom he is well pleased, on whom his favor rests, in a sense, on those who are at peace with him. There is peace upon them. It is then we can pray for that peace that passes understanding of Philippians 4. Unwrap fully his name that goes beyond thinking of Jesus just as our peace, but to understand he is the prince of peace. It's that sense of who he is as that prince that is is a real part of the verses that we read here. In verse 6, it talks about how the government will be on his shoulders in Isaiah 9. Verse 6, the government will be on his shoulders. But then verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and holding it with justice, righteousness, time from that time on and forevermore. Not just someday. Today, the Prince of Peace, who reigns over all. But if we don't recognize that the Christ of Christmas is more than a manger, is beyond a baby, it's hard to imagine ourselves surrendering to a child as our prince. Again, there's nothing wrong with this picture of seeing Jesus like this, but we need to fully unwrap it in all that he is. The government is to be on his shoulders. Everything is under his feet. And he will reign over all. Over all the earth. He reigns. And yet the reality too often is that Jesus is not the prince, the ruler. is not the one who reigns over our lives. We say that Jesus is Lord and we can say that all we want. But the reality is to many people, to many Christians in the church... Jesus is still this baby, so to speak, because he has very small influence in their lives. And he asks so very little of them instead of the Jesus who said, if you want to follow me, you must take up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. This Jesus. Yes, he is the lamb. But as we sang earlier, he is also the lion. And he must reign over not just all the earth, but over me. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 talks about letting the peace of God rule in your heart. How is it possible that the peace of God can rule in our hearts if Jesus doesn't rule in our hearts? Are you with me? Jesus must reign. And it doesn't happen unless we surrender to Him. To be the ruler, the Lord, the master, the boss of our life. Fall on our knees before Him and unwrap ourselves completely. Not hiding or holding anything back from Jesus. Surrendering all to this Prince of Peace. Let's recognize and rejoice 
that Christmas is so much more than just a manger. That Christ is beyond just being about the baby. Fully unwrap this. Fully unwrap all that Christ is as you think through Christmas as we go in this last week beforehand. And then be able to more fully celebrate what Christmas is meant to be. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Uh, it's just a verse I happen to find along and it just seems so applicable. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. I'll read that again, Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, let us be grateful receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That's what happened. Christmas. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. And that's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to ask the worship team would come. There's hope that we would have this deeper appreciation, deeper adoration for Christ. The response would be to worship Him. The song we're going to sing is Hosanna. Uh, it, rejoicing it it's a song that is rejoicing and responding in praise and celebration of jesus of course if any of you are familiar with that word hosanna that's usually a word you hear at easter time right but right here in this cradle it's a shadow of a cross and more than just a cross there is a crown of our Prince of Peace, of our Lord, of our mighty God, everlasting Father, wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. Father, I pray that you'd help us to celebrate you now. In the gift that you've given us in Jesus. Lord, we appreciate what Christmas means. And yet every year... Sometimes we do not fully unwrap all that it means. It's so easy to stay on the safe things like a safe baby in a manger. And what you came to do was so much more because who you were is who you are and have always been. Lord, as day, help us to receive you, to receive fully the gift of Christmas to receive fully that you would be our wonderful counselor, to receive fully you today as our mighty God, to receive fully today that you would be our everlasting Father, to receive fully today that you would be our Prince of Peace, that we would surrender to you, and that you would receive all the glory and honor the full glory and honor that is due you beyond just a picture of a baby. You, Jesus. And it is in your name that we praise. 